We have our general manager, and now it's time to play Head Coaching Bachelor Edition. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and joined by my partner in crime, Nick Zararis. Nick, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad the Flames finally gave us something to talk about, and we're making progress. Like, like <laughs> I was talking with somebody about this on Monday. It's so boring talking about the guys who wear the suits as opposed to the actual hockey. I would like to talk about actual hockey at some point, but we can't do that until the guys in suits are picked. Exactly. And we're going to talk all about that, what goes into making a good coach, and of course we're going to run through the lesser-known candidates and the ones that have an established coaching career resume and make sure you're subscribed to locked on flames wherever you're getting your podcasts because we are here for you every single day throughout the summer you know there's not many better places to be than calgary flames podcast in the summer i guess oh definitely not no the flames are going to be one of the main teams of attention this summer Uh, absolutely Whenever the circus in Toronto eventually gets resolved, because that sucks all the oxygen out of the room anytime there's Leafs news, the rest of us are just kind of like, can you talk about the other 31 teams? Like, there's a conf- there's two conference finals. Well, now only one. But there's conference finals going on. Do I have to hear what Brendan Shanahan had for breakfast today, Elliot? No. How many times he went to the bathroom? Like, yeah, exactly. I was listening to – I was listening to a bunch of podcasts today – at work and because they were all talking about, you know, Craig Conroy, the flames. And I I feel like they spent 20 minutes just talking about Shanahan and everything going on there. It's like, the Leafs move the needle. It's what's going on. It's Stop. the same exact thing as ESPN with LeBron and the Lakers. They can't quit it. Hockey media knows the Leafs are the they are the bellwether for content. That no matter what, you can always there's we literally have a joke about this on the internet. But how does yeah. this affect the Leafs? Yeah. Whenever something happens, but wait a minute, how does this affect the Leafs? <laughs> and because it's true, it's really how hockey media works. It does, and it's kind of like uh, Kevin Bacon in the six days. Separation yeah. because there's always some sort of tie to Toronto, and oh, yeah. it's very, it's just like again, the string and thumbtack meme all over. But we're going to talk about you know what makes a good coach, and Craig Conroy made it pretty clear what he's looking for in his candidate. And I think that the expectations of having a I mean, kind of what sounded like an open door policy where it's very, um, you know, two-way communication and just one that can get the offense going. I feel like that's, those are pretty simple requirements. So typically speaking, you have two archetypes for coaches. You have the authoritarian and the the field trip chaperone. I don't call them players coaches anymore. They're just there to make sure the head count is right when they get off the bus and get on the bus. That's all the, the, that's all that coach is there to do. Make sure everyone shows up, 
No one gets hurt. Everyone tries their best, has fun on the field trip. That's the job of the players coach. But in terms of just the, the big picture, the philosophical things, and it's very interesting that you pitched this idea last this morning. And then I, Emily Kaplan wrote something about this today, actually about what type, what types of coaches are having more success and how guys, especially retread coaches like Paul Maurice or Peter DeBoer have -hmm. found ways to connect with younger players and be better at communicating. Cause that's ultimately a coach's biggest job is communicating effectively. (laughs) And and we, we know firsthand when that doesn't happen, when there isn't good communication, how toxic things can get and how quickly toxic things can get. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think just like the field trip chaperone is a perfect way to just describe those coaches because they're there. They're just there to supervise, make sure that there aren't too many men on the ice and, you know, um, pull the goalie when he needs to. And I, I think it's important for the Flames to have someone that they they trust Yes, uh, massive, massively important based on how last season went. You really need to have these guys, whoever gets hired, for them to really believe in whomsoever that person is because that disconnect was one of the flaws of the team last year because, like yeah. we said all year, there was a lot of talent, and it just didn't play like it on the, on the yeah. Flames team of this past season. So it's vital that they get somebody in who can communicate effectively, who the players believe in. And we've seen a few mentions now that the Flames really want to name a captain. And that's an important part of that communication process because then you have a clear chain of command where, okay, if something's not working, they bring it up to the captain. The captain can sit down with the coach if the coach needs to bring in the general manager in on it. And you get a more a healthier flow of communication. And that's something we've really wanted from the last year or so. Yeah, and I think, you know, just having the communication and just someone that will actually listen and maybe try new things and implementing player feedback. Because I think in any work environment, if something isn't working, you need to talk to the people that are doing that work and make changes based upon what they think. Exactly. I hate making it sound so simple because like, obviously there's a lot more that goes into coaching, but you have to have the fundamentals of being a good leader and an effective listener, really. Yes. The best, that's, uh, I mean, of course that's anecdotal. That's my personal opinion of the people I've worked with above me in a leadership position. The ones I've worked with best with are ones who have a free flowing communication style who it's not very rigid. It's I'm here. If you need me, I can help you. Don't be afraid to ask. I'm going to put you in the best position I can to succeed. And that's all I really need. I need to feel like this person understands what makes me work best. And that's something we can, authoritatively say the flames desperately need because a lot of those guys are going to come into next season with shattered or fraying confidence based on how this past season went. So it's really important. That was something that was really interesting in Emily's uh, column today was some of the things that some coaches had mentioned, like instead of when doing, when you're doing video, instead of highlighting where guys have messed up, emphasizing guys who are having good games, taking time to point out guys who are doing the right thing, being wait i want to make sure i quote this correctly don't single guys out instead of like doing that type of thing where you're saying well here on this play you got to be doing this instead of that it's well this is a mistake 
but we can be picking that person up here or there. It's not just on them because, you know, we're a cohesive, we're cohesive. The five of us are supposed to be playing off of each other. And especially defensively in hockey, that, that bears true. You want to have that interconnectedness where the five guys are all well at playing off of each other. And the one other thing that was important in there was don't leave your guys in the dark, help them under, make sure they know where they stand, why they're there. That was something I want to say it was Derek Ladon, the Red Wings coach had mentioned specifically mm. is whenever I fill out the lineup card, I am the one who goes to tell the guys who aren't playing that night. I don't delineate. I don't make it someone else's responsibility. I make sure when I before I put the card up on the wall, I go talk to the guys who aren't playing that night and make a point of saying, you're not in tonight. We can talk about this, but this is the lineup, but I don't want you feeling ambushed about this, which is something we know firsthand was a problem for the Flames last year. Yeah, I I think that that's just, again, it shows true leadership qualities. And it shows respect, which is another thing, because Daryl made a point of, I don't want to say emasculating because that's not the right word. Disrespectful. Yes, disrespectful, singling guys out. Not making them feel like, and I understand, you're a coach, you're not their equal, but making them feel like they're part of the process, and that's what matters ultimately. Yeah, and you know, I think that truly we could do like an entire episode about like the do's and don'ts of moving forward, because this team, like you mentioned, their confidence is going to be shaky. And they're probably not going to have a lot of trust. They're probably going to be incredibly guarded um, if this is more of an outside candidate than, you know, someone that's been within the Flames organization. And we just, we need some some good things going. You know, the vibes are great. Things, I feel like, have truly done a 180 in a matter of weeks. And we're going to talk about the candidates who maybe... Oh, you aren't so familiar with, but also who don't exactly have uh, a, a large hockey coaching resume. But before we do that, I do want to take a second to talk to you about eBay Motors. Just like any championship team, everything needs to fit the right way, fit perfectly, and hopefully the first time around so you're not wasting time and money and ebaymotors.com has everything you need for your vehicle and it's summer well in a couple weeks it's summer but it's time to get your car ready spiffy hitting the road get it all fine-tuned up with ebay motors they have their uh, ebay guaranteed fit which all you have to do is put your vehicle in and see the green check mark and you're good to go and uh, yeah, so head on over to ebaymotors.com to get your parts. And the uh, guaranteed fit is only available for U.S. customers. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me on Lockdown, well, us, on today's episode of Lockdown Flames. Um, this is just a great, a great day. It feels good. It feels good. I was on my way to, I forget what I was doing during Conroy's press conference, but I was watching his press conference and at the very least, I feel like he understood what didn't work and didn't work last season. That doesn't, that doesn't guarantee it's not going, it's going to get better, but at the very least, there's an understanding of what didn't work and a willingness to try different things to, to be willing to change things because it, it, just doing the same thing over and over again doesn't make sense if something's not working. So at the very least, you feel good about it. 
he definitely has a good presence. He's definitely good at talking. He could have, it felt like he was talking forever, even though that wasn't a particularly long press conference, mm -hmm. but somebody with some warmth to them, somebody with some, uh, some clear charisma who enjoys talking. It, it's refreshing in the sea of hockey men to have somebody who actually can communicate their ideas effectively, because yeah. that's a really hard thing. Apparently in the hockey world, we never really get good insight from, co from coaches and executives. Give it like five years. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. The, the longer you're on your job, the more you change to fit in at that job. Yeah, but, you know, it like you said, it's refreshing to have him just kind of speak freely, it felt like. Yeah. It didn't feel like every other NHL, like, press conference where they announced a new hire, you know, oh, we're looking to win, we're, we're going to make some changes. No. He had some very clear plans, and I think that he has – full benefit of being an internal hire and that's what I wanted from the start in this situation because again the dynamics and he's not rushing to play catch up before the draft so yes yes that definitely helps when you're intimately familiar with the situation and you can really get off to a good start I mean you heard him say it himself biggest priority is figuring out what we're going to do with Lindholm and that's somebody yeah. that's somebody who saw what happened to the last GM when he faced that situation he ended up getting nothing for Gaudreau when he left and a clear willingness to say hey this didn't work we can't do that again I need to be better yeah and you know I think Obviously, the first true order of business is Lindholm. But prior to that, you know, you got you got to find a coach. Yeah. We've seen some names floating around. And who who do we want to start with? I think it makes sense to start with the guys who don't have the track record yet because there's not oh. as much to talk about. So you and this is the argument I would make for anybody who's kind of been on that grinding end of the spectrum who whether you've been in the a whether you've been in europe you've been an nhl assistant coach you when you are working in the ahl you are dealing with so many different players at different points in their careers you're dealing with guys who know they're never getting to the league who are career ahlers you're there with highly touted prospects who need to be brought along and ready for the next level and then you're dealing with tweeners the guys who go back and forth between the two because they can't stick at the NHL level for whatever reason. So you are going to have a wide array of personal experiences to knowing how to deal with all different types of people. And that's not to say you don't do that in the NHL as well. You deal with a wide array of people as well. But in the A, it's a lot different because that's also an instructional, a developmental period where you actually you have to teach as well. It's not just showing up X's and O's video stuff. It's you have to get these guys who are on your team ready for the next level. And then you have to be able to facilitate a healthy room where those guys who know they're not getting to the next level are able to incorporate those younger guys, make them understand what it means to be a professional hockey player. Cause that's an important part of that developmental process is getting used to being a pro and being a coach at that level. You have to be grinding. You, it is a lot. It is a lot harder when you are riding the bus in the AHL than it is when you are fly, flying chartered flights in the NHL. It is very different when you are riding the bus, you are dealing with all different types of people and that's the argument for that type of coach is yeah. somebody who's dealt with a lot. And for the Flames, you bring somebody internally. You have the added bonus of he's into, he's had direct experience with guys who are already on the NHL roster now after having supervised them for a few years in the A. Yeah, and I think, you know, I give 
any AHL coach a lot of credit because, you know, like you said, you are working with a lot of different types of players and people. And I think what the Flames really need is that teaching of offense. Oh, yeah. They have to find that. And the coach that comes in, whoever it is, is going to have to know how to teach because there is a very different uh, component. Like, it is very different to just go out there and say, the, the, these are the X's and O's. No, no instruction. Just this is where you are and do that. Versus, okay, hey, have you tried? And just being more instructional and just I, I, like a warmer personality. Yes. And, yeah, and this, right? is, this is something we can talk about directly. <clears throat> because I saw an NHL.com writer talking about this with fans a few weeks ago. I heard Gerard Gallant say this more than once. The, the arrogance it takes to say the NHL is not a developmental league. We're not here to teach and help these guys get better. I think is a fundamental misassessment of what your job is as a coach. Sure. You could say the NHL is not a developmental league, but to say things like if they weren't ready for the NHL, they wouldn't be here. That's patently ridiculous. There are plenty of teenagers and guys who are 20 and 21 years old who get thrown into the deep end on really bad teams. And they're told, figure it out. They, yeah. Those guys, there are plenty of guys who get thrown to the wolves every year who are not ready to say the NHL is not a developmental league is stubborn. And it's making an excuse for yourself. It's saying, it's not my job to teach them. It's my job to win hockey games. It's, it, it, it's, it's a certain, exactly. It's, if you are not trying to help your guys get better, develop skills they have, you're not doing all of your responsibilities as a coach. You need to be putting guys in a position to succeed to maximize what they're best at, which was something else that was in that Emily Kaplan article today was, I think it was Jared Bettnar who said, I don't want to harp on what guys aren't good at. I want to focus on what they are good at and do as much as I can to facilitate them using what they're really good at. If I'm focusing on what someone's not good at, that's only discouraging them. That's challenging them and making them more inclined to look inward and be like, oh, is something wrong with me? When you're building guys up, you're constantly focusing on, hey, you're really good at this. Stick to this. You always have a baseline, a foundation, something to fall back on. When your game's not going well, but you have, you're a really good skater or you're yeah. big and strong. So you're good at winning puck battles. If you always have that to fall back on, you're never going to get like rock bottom low in your confidence because you're always going to have that one trait. So that's why focusing on things someone's not good at is kind of self-defeating. Yeah. It's, I feel like you could still be like an established player, borderline veteran, really, and still have aspects of your game that can reach a new level. I mean, I know we talk a lot of crap about Daryl Sutter's tenure here, but what he did with Gaudreau and turning him into, you know, a pretty solid two-way player at, at 27, 28 years old is impressive. And that shouldn't be lost on anyone. And, you know, you can say, oh, well, Gaudreau's not in the organization anymore. Okay, great. But that's a good coach can teach. Yeah, exactly. You have to be, you can't stubbornly, uh, you can't be stubborn and say there are things I don't do. As a coach, you need to be willing to do whatever you can to put your guys in the best possible position. Harping on things they're not good at is just tearing them down instead of trying to prop build them up. And that's the exact opposite of what this team needs. Uh, exactly. Someone 
that's going to come in and I hate that people are kind of framing this as like the flames being soft or, you know, oh, they, Huberto just needs someone who can come in and lift him up and blah, blah, blah. Like that's their only concern, but it, it's not about that. It's again, rebuilding that confidence and trust that it's they- making guys happy to come to work every day. It's yeah. making guys feel comfortable and excited to come to work every day because they're in a good environment. That's really what it comes down to. You heard it at the end of last year. <laughs> guys were miserable. Seven, eight people requesting trades from the organization. How bad it was, how little they wanted so to be. Bad. Yeah. It's horrible. But, you know, coming up next, we're going to talk some more about some good candidates and what they could offer to the flames organization but before we do that i'd want to tell you about uh, bird dogs bird dogs are a fantastic fantastic wardrobe addition to your summer attire they are comfortable they fit nice they have a liner so there's no chafing it's great to they're casual or just wear them to a cookout i don't know oh, yeah. wear them I'm wearing mine right now it's fantastic. I love mine. I wear them around the house when I'm cleaning because they're just that comfortable. And they they give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and you can wear them on the golf course too, uh, to a meeting or date night or hanging out with friends. Like you can truly dress it up or what have it as a casual attire and you can get yourself some bird dogs today. Very comfortable at a uh, discounted price. Just kidding, not a discounted price. Um, you get a free gift with a purchase. <laughs> so go to birddogs.com slash NHL. And when you enter promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style t- tumbler with your purchase. I love mine. It's in, currently in the car, but I love mine. Got good, gets good mileage. Have you used yours? Oh yeah, yeah. I think mine's sitting in my in my uh, what's it called my cup holder in my car too. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I was like, where is it? Oh yeah, that's right. It's it's sitting in my car in the driveway. There's just a rotating thing of water bottles in my. Cup oh yeah. So go to birddogs.com/slash/lockdownnhl, and when you enter promo code lockdownnhl, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order. All right, so I, I need this this next coach to just be exciting, innovative. Someone that's going to be like, okay, kids, we're going to Top Golf or something to get to get everyone meshing together. So that's the argument against one of the retreads is you already have a significant track record, especially in the cases of guys like Peter Laviolette, who, you know, Peter Laviolette has coached nonstop every single season since 2001. He's interviewed for the Rangers and Blue Jackets jobs. The Flames reportedly would like to talk to him. This is somebody who wants to stay busy. This is somebody who wants to keep working. And you can tell very quickly, you get one, two good years out of him. Then that third year is when it starts to kind of p- people start getting tired of getting yelled at. And that's typically when the decline starts. He's had some successful runs. He won a cup way back in 06. He went to a cup final in Nashville. He's had a decent run as an NHL head coach, but 
doesn't inspire the confidence that he does not inspire what you were talking about there. He doesn't, he's not an innovator. He's not somebody who's going to change because in other sports, typically when you get fired, you take a year or two, you meet with other coaches, you meet with, I don't want to say philosophy people, but you, you, you do some more research. You talk with other types of people to kind of get new stuff in your toolbox to come mm-hmm. back in so that you can pitch yourself as saying, well, yeah, I know it didn't work for me at this last stop, but uh, in the time off, I put in a lot of work. I was researching. I was learning. I was meeting with different types of people trying to get better. When you are constantly working like this, the way Laviolette has, you are not getting opportunities to kind of reinvent yourself and to add things to your repertoire. And that's kind of why I think I wouldn't, I really wouldn't be that excited for Laviolette anywhere that hires him. Columbus is a little bit different because they don't have the expectation to win right away. That would be more of like a, just bring this group along. And then the next coach is the one who really gets to reap the rewards of that group. But you got him. Yeah. Andrew Burnett, who has a little experience, Gerard Gallant, who's got a decent bit of experience, Travis Green, who has a decent bit of experience. So none of those guys, again, in this tier, none of these guys are going to be particularly inspiring or exciting. They're the safe option. They're the, you know what you're going to get and you don't, you won't have any surprises, which I understand why that's enticing for executives, why they would like the stable and they know like the bottom's not going to fall out on them. But at the same time, you also know that you're more likely than not, not going to get your desired ultimate outcome. You're going to have a reasonably high floor, but you're also probably not going to have that high of a ceiling. Right. And I think, Going with the safe option here doesn't feel like it's what the Flames need. No, I completely agree with you in that respect. It just, it's time to be bold. You heard what Conroy was talking about, about wanting to get the team younger, wanting to get the team faster, really trying to innovate, uh, reconstruct the roster in a way that doesn't totally gut it, but move it closer to where it needs to be to be competitive in the present. And Bringing in a Peter Laviolette, a Gallant, etc., that's not living up to that idea because you have seen those guys at their most recent stops. You saw it with Gallant, with Lafreniere. You saw it in Washington with Laviolette, with every player under the age of 25 on the Capitals, where all of my – that's I, I had a conversation with one of my Capitals fan friends the other day, and, uh, and I go, was Laviolette really that bad with the young guys? And she goes, I don't know if Jacob Verona's even exists anymore. Like, I get it. Verona got traded because of how little he was being played, and they yeah. got Anthony Mantha for him. But the, the point remains, if you want to get younger, you need a coach who's going to be willing to teach, to put that effort in, to get those guys acclimated to the NHL level. And you just heard Gerard Gallant this past year say, the NHL is not a developmental league. If they're here, I'm not here to teach them. They're here to be professionals. So that tells you, that should be a disqualifying comment if you, yeah. you if if Conroy really does mean what he says about make, getting the team younger. I just, I don't know why you would even entertain that. To me, that's just like wasting your own time and just maybe making someone else in the organization happy because they just want to see, you know, what the same thing you saw last year. And I think one thing that, you know, the Flames do have going for them is, uh, I mean, Conroy said this team is going to see some of those guys make the jump from the AHL to the NHL, obviously. And I think that that is something it's long overdue. It feels like in some respects. Um, And to have 
consistency in that there you're not coming up for 11 games and sitting in the press box for nine you're going to get your reps in and get acclimated with your teammates and he said you know it's not gonna be a free spot like you're not just walking onto the ice and saying okay I know my spot's secure you have to work for it and I think that you know Mitch Love um has done fantastic things with the Wranglers and him and Huska keep coming up obviously in these conversations. Um, And I believe it was 32 thoughts today that said, um, I believe it was Elliot that said, what more do either of them have to give to this organization at that level? Yeah. At that level. Yeah. I agree with you. Time for them to, to, to move just like yeah. your prospects. So they're, they're going to have to get creative there. And I'm definitely interested to see the direction they take there because, I mean, obviously they both have success in getting offense out of these players and they're familiar with their learning style and what they're capable of. And I just, I, I feel like it's not the safe option but it's a comfortable option. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I I would agree with you with that respect. And if you really want an older coach, what you do, the the counterpoint is whenever you bring on somebody to be a first-time NHL head coach, teams always give them an older guy to lean on on their staff. That's just common practice. You saw them do this with the GM where they they hired Conroy, who's never been a GM before, Mm -hmm. and they brought in Dave Nonis, who – bad experience but has experience to kind of be a resource to lean on so do the same thing here if you want to make mitch love the coach great go find somebody who wants to be an assistant coach at the nhl level does two or three years and then if they get an opportunity to coach somewhere else terrific go ahead and do it yeah yeah no it, it has it's it's good practice because worst case scenario if you have to eject your seat in the first year, you have an established coach on the bench already who right. can just take the reins as soon as it goes. Yeah, and I think, you know, I hadn't really thought about having a backup plan because I think I've just been so gung-ho on oh, yeah. everything being sunshine and rainbows from here on out. But, yeah, you know, if we're talking safety and safe options. Having a few backup plans is probably – uh, a good thing to have, especially with a brand new unseasoned general manager at the helm. And uh, this, it just feels so nice to talk about flames in a positive way. Yes, it is. <laughs> like I, I felt so bad throughout the season. Cause I was like, okay guys, we lost again. Now what? And now we finally have, the clouds are are breaking. The sun shining. We're we're getting somewhere. Knock and on wood. Yeah, <laughs> we cannot take step back steps backwards. Please, we're just we need to keep making forward progress. But I think that about does it uh, for today's episode. You can uh, do us a solid and leave the show a five star rating and a nice little review. Because that's always helpful. And you can make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Tell us who you want to be the coach. Comments are always appreciated. 
And um, you can follow us on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and at Nick Zeraris. Um, yeah, Nick, do you have anything else you want to add before we head off? Andrew Shaw be better. Don't even get me started. I'm Andrew Shaw be better. That's my final thought. Yeah, honestly, that co-signed. All right, I will see everyone tomorrow, and hopefully, we'll have some more exciting quotes from Conroy and other people in the organization. <laughs>